I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You're listening to Confessions of a New Grad. This podcast is an ongoing story, so I'd recommend listening to the previous episodes before starting this one. Chapter 10, The Interview. Apollo and I made out passionately until a beep from his horn, which my ass had somehow ended up against, caused us to break apart, laughing. We looked at each other in a what-should-we-do kind of way. Could we drive a few blocks away? I asked. It was late, and I thought it might come across as a little ungrateful, not to mention inconsiderate, to wake Gemma's family up to the sound of car horns and the image of myself hooking up with some random dude who, for all they knew, I might have found off Tinder in the middle of the night. Apollo smirked and pulled the car further into the forest. We started kissing again, but there wasn't enough space. Backseat, he suggested, and we both hopped out of our respective sides and into it. I had not felt this excited to be kissing someone in a really long time. And judging from the way he kept pausing to pull back and look at me, he felt the same way. You're so beautiful. You're so sexy, he kept murmuring in my ear. Why did hearing that make me feel so good? It wasn't true. He was just saying what he knew I wanted to hear, and although there was not a trace of insincerity in his voice, I felt like a sucker for almost believing him. Why was that? I wondered, my mind melting back in spite of my efforts to keep it here, in the present, to a moment I had had with Tyler a few weeks before. It had been some time in the early evening. I had come home from a run and was in the bathroom undressing for a shower, while Tyler lounged on our bed. I remember looking at my body naked in the mirror and being pleased with what I saw. I had finally lost most of the weight I'd gained in college, and although I had maybe five to seven pounds to go before I felt confident in a bikini, I was content in my own skin for the first time since high school. Why do some girls have such nice, long, skinny legs? Tyler wondered. I don't know, I said, looking back through the open bathroom door and seeing him eyeing me critically. It's weird, he said. Lana, Bree, and Jenna all have pretty skinny legs, but you carry a bunch of weight down there for some reason. I guess they must just carry theirs elsewhere. I guess, I said automatically grabbing a towel and covering myself with it. Are you okay? Apollo asked. I blinked at him, 
Oh, yeah, I'm great. Are you sure? You seemed kind of vacant for a few seconds there. We don't have to do anything that makes you uncomfortable. I'm the furthest thing from uncomfortable, I said, giving him a peck on the lips and running my hands through his hair. You're sure? He asked. I'm sure, I said, and we dissolved into each other. Unfortunately, two very tall people can only make out violently in the back seat of a small car for so long before one of them nearly concusses themselves on the roof. Luckily for me, this happened to Apollo. Deciding that our hookup needed a rain check, he drove me back to Gemma's. We said a very long, tongue-filled goodbye, and I made my way up the slippery hill to her house. I felt pleasantly sleepy as I brushed my teeth and got ready for bed. Before falling into the enticingly soft pillows, I pulled out my phone, which I hadn't looked at for hours, to set an alarm for the morning. The home screen was littered in messages. Most were from Lana, who was apparently having trouble finding a costume idea for Aphrodite that didn't involve exposing at least one of her boobs. But one was an email from a Mary at Woodbridge Academy with the heading teaching position. Expecting a polite rejection from one of the schools I had applied to yesterday, I opened it. Dear Brooklyn, it said, I would love to have you come in for an interview. Are you free tomorrow, Thursday, at 11 a.m.? Please let me know sincerely, Mary, principal of Woodbridge Academy. I stared at the email in disbelief. I was surprised enough to have gotten a response so quickly, let alone one offering an interview. Fuck, tomorrow at 11 a.m.? When was this thing sent? How had I missed it? Would she be able to see my response in time? I shook my head, deciding not to waste any more time, and googled the school to check which one it was. I squealed as I realized it was the one right downtown, which I had applied to as a long shot. I typed a response to Mary, telling her I would be delighted to come in tomorrow at 11, set like 12 alarms to make sure I didn't oversleep, and then spent the next two to three hours reading and rereading Woodbridge Academy's school values and mission statement, giving myself a myriad of mock interview questions. Woodbridge was a private school, so it had to pay well. If I got this job, I could move downtown and get my own place but I couldn't get ahead of myself now. I practiced interview questions until I passed out with my face up against my phone and didn't stir until it vibrated with an alarm to wake me up the next morning. I jolted up, switched off the alarm, and saw a response from Mary saying, sounds great, see you at 11. Relieved that she had gotten my confirmation on time, I made my way to the washroom for a shower feeling surprisingly refreshed after such a short sleep. Hey, Gemma said as I made my way downstairs and into the kitchen. How was last night? Oh my God, I mouthed as I sank down into an armchair next to her. So good, she grinned. Yes, but never mind that now. Dude, I got an interview at a school downtown. What, where, how? I don't even know, but it's at 11, so I'm gonna have to get ready real quick and catch the bus. 
I'm sorry, I know we were supposed to hang out today, but the interview shouldn't take too long. It's okay, she said happily. This interview might mean that you can stay here. I can give you a ride into town so that you can save a bit of time and then we can hang out when you're done. That would be amazing, I said. Wait, what are you going to wear? Oh shit, I hissed, furious at myself for not thinking about this last night. All my work clothes are at Tyler's. He needs to get back to you on that, she said angrily. But for today, you can borrow something of mine. My formal shoes might be a little small. They're a pair I had back in high school, but other than that... That's totally fine. I'll just walk through the pain, I said. She rolled her eyes, and we hurried into her room to scour it for formal attire that would fit me. We managed to find a nice black pencil skirt and blouse. Unfortunately, as I pulled the skirt on, we discovered that Mr. Darcy's hair was all over it. Don't worry, she cried. My mum has a lint brush for emergencies such as these. She dashed off to find the brush while I tried on the only pair of heels Gemma owned. They were, indeed, too small and crushed my toes. The shoes look good, Gemma said, as she sprinted back into the room and began attacking me with the lint brush. You can't tell that they're too small, I asked. Well, I won't be able to if you stop cringing. How's this? Much better. Shall we head out? It's a bit early, but you never know how long things will take with the traffic over that stupid Lionsgate Bridge. Good call, I conceded. We grabbed a few granola bars for breakfast and made our way into the car. There was, of course, traffic over the Lionsgate, which backed up the North Vancouver Road that fed onto it for several blocks. Good thing we left early, I sighed. We've still got like an hour and a half, Gemma said. It'll be fine. It wasn't. 30 minutes later, we were still waiting to cross the bridge. Ugh, it's 10 a.m. Shouldn't things have cleared up by now? I think there's an accident up ahead, Gemma said nervously as she inched along the road. But don't worry, this shouldn't take us more than half an hour and your interview isn't until 11. I bit my fingernails absentmindedly. A bus whooshed past us on the express lane, and I wondered if I might not have been better off taking it instead. Has Tyler gotten back to you? Gemma asked in an attempt to distract me. No, I shrugged. Wow, you should call him. You need your things. It's his fault you're going to this interview in shoes that don't fit. True, I agreed, glad to have someone to take out my frustration at the traffic out at. I picked up my phone and called him, but all the phone did was ring. Why isn't he picking up? She demanded. It's not like he has a job or anything. I mean, she paused, looking embarrassed. Sorry, I wasn't trying to be mean. No, it's true, I agreed. He doesn't have a job. He's probably at home right now. Well, I have the car all day today, Gemma said. Text him and say we'll be over tonight at seven to pick everything up and that if he doesn't respond, we'll take it as a confirmation. Uh, I hesitated. I don't know if I want to have another fight with him, Gem. Of course not. 
But you need your stuff. It's just ridiculous at this point. Like, of course he doesn't want to see you, but withholding your things is just immature. I nodded and typed the text, running a few versions of it past Gemma before we were satisfied that it got the message across without seeming overly bitchy before I sent it. Then we sat in traffic for another 45 minutes. Should I call the school and tell them I might be late? I asked, agitatedly tapping my foot against the floor. No, you've got 15 minutes. We'll make it, Gemma said determinedly. We're almost over the bridge. But trust me, she said. We're over the worst part. You'll be there with three minutes to spare. And if you call and tell them you're going to be late, it'll just give a bad impression. Yeah, but if I am late and don't call, it'll give a worse impression. Don't worry, she insisted, inching past the last part of crime scene tape from the car accident and stepping on the gas. We're gonna make it. Precisely 12 minutes later, I was jumping out of Gemma's car before she had brought it fully to a stop in front of the school. Good luck and text me when you're done, she waved as a garbage truck driver yelled at her to be careful on the road. Thanks, I will, I panted, sprinting into the building and pressing the up button for the elevator. As I stepped inside, it struck me that this school was a little unusual. It wasn't its own building, but rather took up a few floors of a swanky downtown office block. When I got off on the main floor of the school, a friendly looking secretary greeted me. I told her I was here for an interview. Mary's actually running late with her last interview, the secretary said. You can have a seat over there in the foyer and wait. Great, I thought. That meant Mary wouldn't notice how close I had been to being late myself. I took a seat in a beige leather armchair and looked around the bright room. Despite the many colorful posters and bulletins on the walls, it looked a lot more like an office than a school. I could see the Hudson's Bay through one of the windows and a faint glimmer of Coal Harbor between two large glass buildings through another. This place was nice. There was no way they were going to hire me, a recent graduate with no real job experience. But, I thought, I had to forget about that if I had any chance at this. They had seen my resume and requested an interview. That meant I had either fooled them or they were really desperate for a replacement teacher. The latter option seemed likely as it was the middle of the term. Maybe they were so desperate that they were willing to take a chance on someone they otherwise wouldn't hire. I took a calming, slow breath, remembering how I used to immerse myself in my roles when I had done drama in high school. Today, I was a teacher, a passionate, hardworking, capable teacher who any school would be lucky to have. I was qualified and prepared for this job. I was 35, even though I looked 22. It was my life's ambition to become a teacher, and although I loved reading, writing wasn't something I was interested in because I was just so passionate about... Mary will see you now, the secretary called. 
I stood up straight, ignoring the knife-like pain in my feet, and followed the secretary to the large corner office that said, Principal, on the door. As we reached it, a surprisingly young, pretty, northern European-looking woman opened it with a smile. Hi, Brooklyn, she said, shaking my hand. Nice to meet you. I'm Mary. She led me inside her office to a round glass table next to a window that overlooked the streets and said, Have a seat. Thank you. I smiled back at her. As I sat down, I discovered, to my horror, that the front of my skirt was, yet again, covered in stray hairs from Mr. Darcy. There must have been some in the car. Either that or Mr. Darcy was magnetic. Resisting the impulse to wipe away the hairs, which I was sure would only draw attention to them, I placed my hands neatly on my lap and trusted that they would hide the hairs from view. So, tell me a little bit about yourself, Mary began. Fleetingly, I wondered what would happen if I gave her an honest answer. How would she respond if I told her, well, I'm 22, and I've just graduated school. I have zero job experience unless you count the time I worked at a super sketchy bar by UBC, or the summer I worked at Earl's and lost all my toenails because they made us wear ridiculously high, uncomfortable heels. No other schools responded to my application because the job market in Vancouver is not in my favor right now, and there are several more qualified and experienced teachers gunning for the same jobs as me. I'm not even five years older than the 12th graders I'm applying to teach, and if I'm being honest, I'll probably have more in common with them than I will with the rest of your staff, who are all almost guaranteed to be at least 10 years older than me. I like teaching, but it isn't my passion. I want to be a writer, but have no idea how to make that happen right now. I was recently living in my boyfriend's parents' basement, just kind of letting life pass me by, until he became such an asshole that I decided I'd rather be homeless than live with him. I still have no idea what the fuck I'm doing with my life, but I thought I'd apply to some teaching jobs to see if I could actually set up a situation where I can stay in Vancouver and get some job experience. Speaking of my lack of experience, I'm likely to mess up several times at this job if you give it to me, and I'll probably quit if I ever figure out how to make a career out of writing or go to teach in some cool exotic country once the rainy season picks up and I remember how depressing winter is over here. Hire me? I sighed internally, wondering if I would ever be able to tell the truth in a job interview, or if they were, almost by definition, places where one was required to lie and pretend. Then I let the perfect persona of Brooklyn the teacher that I had been rehearsing all night take over, and told her what I knew she wanted to hear, with the kind of confidence and poise that I only ever seem to be able to find when I'm lying to get something I need but don't truly, deeply care about. I told her about the two degrees I had obtained from UBC because I knew she would see that place as the respected institution that everyone seemed to view it as. 
I gave her the impression that my youth and inexperience would be an asset rather than a liability to Woodbridge Academy because it meant that I was energetic and eager to go above and beyond. I worked in anecdotes that minimized my cluelessness when it came to teaching and emphasized how my abundance of other experiences had helped me hone the skills that would be beneficial in this job. I told her about my passion for literature, but made it clear that this was rooted in analyzing and helping my students understand and create their own literary masterpieces, nothing more. I told her that I had grown up in Singapore and therefore was familiar with the rigorous atmosphere of a private international school, without mentioning that I had coped with this pressure by drinking heavily every weekend in high school and obtaining a fake ID to enter clubs at 15. She was very interested in my international upbringing, and we bonded over the fact that she was originally from Poland and had lived in several places abroad herself. While we spoke, I sprinkled in buzzwords that I had learned in my teaching program, such as student-centered, inquiry-based, and holistic. If you're not a teacher, all you need to know is that these words are basically code for I teach engaging lessons that students will actually find interesting and do not simply drone on and on while the students doze off. After 15 minutes or so, she said, Well, that sounds great, Brooklyn. Now, I see here that you're applying to teach English. That's correct, I said. How comfortable are you with teaching other subjects? I told Mary that I felt comfortable with anything other than advanced math or science. I had heard from the professors in my teaching program that recent graduates have to be prepared to take on whatever subjects the school will hire them for, but I also felt morally bound not to subject anyone to my abysmal math skills. Excellent, we really need an Economics 12 teacher, Mary said. My heart sank, but I said, Oh, interesting. I took IB economics in high school, which is the equivalent of first year economics in university. Oh, that's perfect. But I haven't studied it since 12th grade, I said. How advanced is the class? Oh, it's mostly micro. There's a little bit of macro, but it's not that hard. Like, we have books, she added as though anyone could teach anything, as long as there was a book to help them do it. I had a brief flashback to my high school economics teacher, Mr. Ping, yelling at me for not paying attention in class. I smirked at the look that would come across his face if he found out that I could possibly be teaching the subject soon. Okay, I'm sure I could figure it out, I told Mary, wishing I felt as confident as I sounded. Wonderful! How about P.E.? she inquired. Dear God, wasn't economics bad enough? I knew nothing about sports. Um, I'm not really into sports, I confessed. Really? You look so athletic. I'm a runner and swimmer, but marvelous! Someone needs to teach our kids how to swim. But I don't know much about team sports. I don't know any of the rules of soccer or... Oh, that's okay. You can Google that, she said dismissively. 
I stared at her. This woman had way too much faith in me. So, we'd be hiring you full-time to teach Economics 12 and PE 10 and English as a second language levels 1 and 2, she said, with a general air of wrapping things up. Our school day has four classes a day, each being an hour and a half, and then lunch is a half hour. Great, I said. So this would be to start in the January term? Well, yes, but we actually have to replace one of our teachers sooner due to a, um, personal issue. So, uh, we'd be hiring you to take over for him starting on November 2nd, the Monday. November 2nd? I choked a little bit on my own tongue as I said this. As in, a week from this Monday? Yes, she said. I know it's short notice, but we really need someone. I can support you with any material you have trouble with, and the other teacher will be leaving his unit plans for you. Oh, great. I smiled, not sure what else to say. On the one hand, this was overwhelming. On the other, if she was about to offer me a job, I was in no position to refuse it. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Sounds good, she said, glancing down at her clipboard. I still need to call your references, of course, but if they confirm everything you've told me, we'd be delighted to take you on. Great, I said again. Do you have any questions for me before we wrap up? I did, but it was the question I dreaded asking. Still, if I was going to be expected to learn how to teach economics and PE in under two weeks, I kind of needed to know the answer. Um... What's the compensation package for the position? I asked, hoping she hadn't heard how shaky my voice was. Oh, of course, she said, smacking herself on the forehead. Sorry, I forgot. So, we are fairly new. This is only our second year, and for that reason, things are a little bit on the lower side. She ruffled through her clipboard and handed me a piece of paper with employment agreement written on the top. This is one of our general contracts. Basically, our school is divided into three roughly three-month terms, so instead of getting a long summer holiday, you'll have three three three-week holidays between the terms instead. We pay by the course, and the rate 
is 3,000 per term per course. So for this term, as you're taking over a little less than halfway through, you'd receive a little more than half of that per course. And then, starting in January, you'd be making 3,000 per course or 12,000 per semester. I'm not the owner, uh, so I'm not in charge of salaries, but she has told me that we do expect the salary to go up as the school grows. Okay, I continued, deciding to think about that after the interview. And are there any employment benefits? Oh, she said thoughtfully. I should ask the owner about that. We're still very new, and I don't think she's set that up yet. Her tone made me think that this was something that would be set up in the future, so I let it slide. Anything else you'd like to know? She asked. I think that's everything, I said. Marvelous, she concluded, standing up and shaking my hand. You'll hear from us as soon as we clear your references. It was really nice meeting you, I said, shaking her hand and heading toward the door. I'll see you soon. I waved politely at the secretaries and made my way down the elevator and out of the building. Realizing that I had a sudden, overwhelming urge to pee, I made a beeline for the bathroom in the Starbucks around the corner. While peeing, I realized that I was sweating profusely in spite of the fact that it was barely 10 degrees outside. I pulled off Gemma's dress shirt and fanned myself. Why was I so sweaty? Poor Mary must have had to wash her hands after shaking my gross, clammy ones. I splashed cold water across my face and then dried it with one of those super stiff paper towels they have in public washrooms. Then I grabbed my things and marched out of the bathroom, avoiding the eyes of the Starbucks baristas so that they wouldn't shout at me for using their washroom without purchasing anything. 12,000 per semester for three semesters, so $36,000 a year, no benefits. It was way less than I had been expecting from a private school. I knew that I was fresh out of school and shouldn't complain, but the starting salary for a public school teacher with my qualifications in Vancouver was about 50K with really good benefits. I'm not saying 36K a year is terrible for your first job, but it was a bit of a letdown. But then I reasoned it wasn't fair to compare the two. No public school in Vancouver would hire me full-time right now. The best I'd be able to get in the public system was an unreliable substitute teaching gig where I'd have to commute all over the Lower Mainland and would not receive the same benefits as full-time teachers. This school, if they offered me the job, would be taking a chance on a recent grad with very little experience. So. I supposed that it only made sense that the pay wasn't as high as teaching jobs reserved for more experienced teachers. If I got the job, I'd have to just treat it like a year of paid practicum, an opportunity to gain some experience and get paid enough to sustain myself while I did so. Brooklyn! I heard a voice call as I made my way toward Pacific Center to meet Gemma. It was Apollo. Why was I always running into him? I cursed inwardly. He was the last person I wanted to see when I was this sweaty and gross. Hi, I forced a smile, grimacing as he came in for a full-on hug. 
What are you doing here? I got off work early and needed to run a few errands. What are you doing here? I just had an interview for a teaching job. No way, he beamed. That's awesome. How did it go? Good, I think, I said. We'll see what they say. I didn't know there was a school around here, he said. Where is it? I pointed a couple of blocks back. Weird, he muttered. But that's great for you, that you'll get to work downtown. If I get it, I corrected him. You'll get it, he said confidently. I just texted you, actually. Oh, what about? I was wondering if you wanted to hang out this weekend. Sure, I smiled. When? What are you doing tomorrow night? I'm going to a Halloween party with my friends, actually. Oh, right. He smacked himself on the forehead. Everyone is celebrating Halloween so early this year for some reason. Yeah, it's the one year that Halloween is actually on a Saturday, but everyone wants to have a party the Friday before, I laughed. I think I'm going to go out on Friday too, he remembered. How about we hang out on Saturday? Saturday sounds good. What do you want to do? That's what I was going to ask you, he laughed. You mentioned an interest in the pool and hot tub yesterday. I did, I agreed. Why don't you come over and give me a swimming lesson? I feel like you're trying to take advantage of some free labor, I teased. No, he said quickly, looking mortified. We don't have to swim if you don't. I'm kidding, I said, but anyway, I have to go. I'm meeting Gemma at Pacific Center. Oh, okay, have fun with her. And at your party tomorrow. Thanks, you too. Thanks, he said. I don't know the exact plan yet, but we'll probably end up downtown at some point. I think that's our rough plan for after the house party too, I said. Well, keep me posted on where you end up, he said. Or don't. Seems like we're always going to the same places anyway. I laughed. I will. We gave each other a quick hug to say goodbye. Before letting go, Apollo looked down at me, as though wondering whether or not he should give me a kiss. He hesitated for too long, though, and then it got awkward. Bye, I said, pulling away. B uh, bye, he said, a little shakily, and we walked away in separate directions. I stumbled down the block to the coffee shop Gemma was at, collapsing in the seat across from her. Closing her book that she'd been reading, Pride and Prejudice, she asked eagerly, How did it go? Well, I told her what had happened. Oh my god, you're staying! she exclaimed. I haven't been offered the job yet. Yeah, but if you are, you're gonna take it, right? I squirmed, not wanting to get too excited too quickly. Probably. Ah, this is amazing! I don't want to jinx it, though. Oh, true. She stopped. Let's talk about something else. Tell me what happened with Apollo last night. Oh, right. I have so much to tell you. I actually just bumped into him outside. What? Tell me. Over the next few hours, I filled Gemma in on the Apollo situation. So, you're going to see him again on Saturday? Yeah, I think so. Do you think you want to date him now, or... I shook my head. 
I haven't really thought about it, to be honest. I don't think I'm ready to date him or anyone else right now, but it is fun hanging out with him. I bet, she swooned. Such a specimen. What about you? I asked. Taken any trips up to the frat house lately? Gemma glared at me. Of course not. I told you, it's never happening again. But you guys have been text. We've been nothing, she insisted. Don't encourage my dark side, Brooklyn. By the way, has Tyler gotten back to you yet? I rolled my eyes. Right, Gemma said. I guess we're just gonna show up like we said we would. I don't want to be pushy, though. You need to be pushy, she advised. Otherwise, it could be weeks before you get your stuff. And if you get this job, you're going to need your clothes. Imagine having to teach all day in my shoes. I just can't believe he's still ignoring me. Yeah, I'm sorry. Bet that hurts. But honestly, you don't really know someone until you break up with them. Talk about Tyler's dark side. You deserve better. I guess, I said. I just don't want him to think of me as demanding or... You're not being demanding, Gemma assured me. You need your stuff. He knows that, and he will take advantage of the fact that you don't want to cause a scene unless you stand up to him. Okay, I said. Should I text him again, saying we're still coming? Sure, she shrugged. Hey, I typed. Gemma and I are still planning to come by tonight. If you won't be home and are okay with me going in without you, I could use my key. Obviously, I won't do that unless you say it's okay. It's just another option if it's too hard for us to coordinate. After my message delivered, three little dots appeared underneath them. He's typing, I cried. We waited and waited, watching the little dots appear and disappear, but no response came through. Gemma pulled her wild curls back, purposefully from her face. Well, at least now we know that he knows we're coming. Thanks for listening to Confessions of a New Grad. If you want to find out what happens next, new episodes will be published every Saturday until the end of the season. I'm so happy to be able to provide this podcast to you for free during this difficult time. If you're enjoying the show, please tell your friends, give us five stars and write a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. To everyone who's already done that, Thank you so much. It helps a lot. Confessions of a New Grad is written, narrated, and produced by me, Greta Craig. Our story editor is Rebecca Montgomery, and she created all of the amazing artwork for the project as well. You can follow the show on Instagram at newgradpodcast. Special thanks 
to all the amazing musicians who allowed us to use their songs in this production. You can find the soundtrack in our show notes. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 